And it is time, Vandal. Sorry I couldn't do that in my best button voice, but it is time for On the Outside to return, the second test in the books. It was a bit of a grind, but there was some so many dramatic moments. Vanders, how did you feel about the Adelaide test? Well, uh, it was certainly a, a different Adelaide test to what we were thinking. I mean, the ball didn't really hoop like we've expected no. In the past, uh, which you know, caught England out, I think a little bit with their selections. They're expecting it to uh, to swing, but at the end of the day, it was England's batting that uh, that let them down as well. So the game was sort of felt already over after the Aussies' first innings, to be honest, because there was just so much pressure on uh, on Root and and Milan and that partnership. So uh, I mean, even how though does we... David Milan go? Like, what an Aussie specialist! He's like, like yeah. they're going to be ringing him for the next three tours after Who... this. He's going to be 45 and rolling out. Who else has been good in, in Australia? Like just in Australia? This is a specialist. Oh, that is a great question. Send it out to the listeners. Who has, who's been an Australian specialist? Who's come here and always played particularly well? So it's a great call. Sanders, I'm interested to see what the people will come back with here. Yeah, I'll have to have a think about it and come back next week. Who's number one Aussie specialist from... Uh, well, Brian Lara was pretty good, but he was a specialist everywhere. So but he was up really... and down. Yeah, he was up yeah. and down. I feel like yeah, I feel true. like it's one of those things that, uh, like, we always think about the English specialists, or like, you know, we'll always take a particular player to to Asia or something like that. Mm-hmm. But nobody ever talks about the particular players that Jason come here. Crazier. Jason Crozier, Tails. We are digressing <laughs> as we often do, but uh, it is two nil. It is two nil Australia. Uh, it doesn't look great for the English, but I just wanted to get into some uh, some talking points straight away. And the first one is a huge story in Australian cricket. Pat Cummins, the skipper, out. What? Pre-game with, what? with COVID. Huge news. After about about an hour of play, no one really cared anymore. And no. it's settled, settled back in and um, no one really seemed to mind. Isn't that amazing? There were a few dudes when he walked out to bat for the first time. But isn't that amazing that nobody gave a shit after that first couple of hours? And we kind of just forgot that it happened. Like, it wasn't as if by the end of the match, we were sitting there going, gee, it was great. Steve Smith won. How awesome is that? It was just, it was just, oh, yeah. It was just normal business. It was just the normality about him, about him captaining, was extraordinary. Tell you what, he's, uh, whoever's in charge of his PR would be very, very happy with oh. that. No uh, incidents. Maybe he was the one at the cafe. You're the English. You're like you're trying to get him on something. Like you just just Mm. to rile him up, just to get him a little bit, just to be like, oh, I I noticed the ball's a bit scuffed. Like, all right. Like even if it was baseless, just to get into their heads, surely. Yeah, we are. Well, we love baseless claims on on the outside tails. So uh, would have been good to see a few. But I think the other interesting thing about that late out was the fact that um, with Cummins out as a as his bowling position as well as uh, Hazelwood injured. You actually had Stark, who some were saying at the start of the series, was it was a 50-50 call, some were saying. Mm. Richardson and Nisa, who both, you know, Nisa's a bit older, but they're both very inexperienced. Um, you know, Nisa on debut and Richardson were only playing a handful, less than a handful of tests. So mm. pretty incredible effort from, you know, Australia and uh, with the ball and also shows, I think, England's despair with the bats. So I don't think that's, to be, you know, to be underrated as well. That it was sort of a second-string attack, um, well, that's not a very favourable thing to say, but they weren't, you know, they would have been the first picked at the start of summer. So pretty good effort, really. Well, you think about it, uh, to your point, Vanders, they would have been fifth and sixth in line uh, if Jimmy Pattinson hadn't uh, retired. So they, if, if, for example, Hazelwood was out of that test as, as he was, it would have been Pattinson 
had he not retired, that would have been playing, not Richardson mm. in the first place. But you think about it, how bad are England going? If they're, they've bought in Broad and Anderson, so that's about 1,100, close to 1,200 international uh, test wickets. And on the other side, Cummins and Hazel would go out. So there's about 500 test wickets. That's about a 1,700 wicket swing. And you got done like completely annihilated. Annihilated is the wrong word. Ground down. They couldn't bowl Australia out twice. Yeah, well, I would like to touch on the English selection. Um, t- first, firstly, I'd like to touch on the players that were brought in and get mm. your thoughts. So that's Broad and Anderson. Um, didn't really look dangerous, I don't think, except for small no. patches. Um, and I think, you know, a little bit of all of a sudden everyone realised, oh, f- you know, they've got those two players in that we all said they should get in. And now I realise they've got four bowlers that are exactly the same. They were all exactly the same. Wasn't the best idea. Do you think that was a failure of selection? And this is the biggest talking point that's come out of it in the last couple of days. And you're huge on this. You always text me about this all the time. It doesn't matter which team, what game, whatever it is, the lengths they bowled. Do you think that was the fault of the bowlers or that was actually the plan? I'm not a bowler. I would like just firstly, never did really bowl much. But I don't understand how a bowler can't, they can't be, I don't understand how they can't Ryan be Harris like. out controlling their length. So I don't understand how they can be not like just pitch it up. Yeah. Um, I think, and as I said, I always text you about it. It's my pet hate in uh, in test cricket is the amount of times if you, you, you know, you just back for length and you square a bloke up. It looks amazing. You mm. square him up. His back foot ends up in front of his other foot. He's looking straight down the pitch, but it often looks good, but it doesn't give the edge as much as that leaning forward into it just got pushed into a tentative forward stroke and you get the nick. And that's what England did, um, you know, all, all game, all series so far. They haven't changed their, their length at all. And I just don't understand how, if it was the bowling or if it was the tactics, how they didn't fix it after three failed innings in that second innings. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, mm. I don't understand how it takes so long. And you know, England come to Australia every three years. Like it's not. And the same commentators say the everything at every, every time you get an Australian fucking um, consultant on board and they'll say the same yeah. thing. So I, I, I don't understand it, uh, how that happens, but I think either way, it's a, it's a, it's a big fail. And there's obviously some frustrations at the end of the game with the route and his bowling staff. Um, as well so yeah it was really, really I think and that was what Ricky Ponting was talking about after Joe Root said oh he was really disappointed with the legs and this is why I asked you whether or not it was the plans or the bowlers themselves so Joe Root seems to say it was the bowlers fault like why didn't they pitch it up I asked him to Ponting sort of says well if you're the captain and you can't get him to do it then you're either a shit captain or you've got to get other bowlers yeah, well, agreed. But I also think on that, like, if you go down that rabbit hole, and I just mentioned, but who else is going to captain that English team? There's no one else. Is it Wokes but next? Like, there's literally no one else. I feel like Stokes, but, like, you know, those always yeah, but, end up in failures. Those talismanic players are like, oh, yeah, we'll give it to him. Always ends up in a failure. As it will with Pat Cameron. Um, Taz, I did want to touch on because after the game, there's been a lot of chat about how could you leave your spinner out on a turning deck, mm, yeah, um, and how could you leave Wood <laughs> out, who was the only different bowler. But I, I want to be a little bit softer on England here because you and I were talking about this pre-game, mm. and along with many other pundits, because rarely are our ideas our own, yeah. and they were saying, um, you know, you know, you swing bowlers as a day-night test, so you need Broad and Anderson in, mm. um, you know, and then also saying that you, you would. Leech, like, how can you play him after he got oh, bullied so amazing. much in Adelaide? So now everyone's saying, Oh, it's he's ridiculous. turned into Herath after 
five days in Adelaide. It's so, I, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe people other than you, me, and all the experts I was reading were, were, were wrong, but I think it's a little hypocritical to come out swinging so hard about the English selections um, now. But also, I think it showed what a great job Australia did in the first test to, oh. to punish Leach and, and create that create that issue and and you know it's not a game against players we plays it's teams versus teams countries staff preparation so uh, that's really interesting and um you're right Vance you're absolutely right and I, I I don't understand how you can criticize leaving him out after he was whacked out of the series just uh, just a couple of days ago and I don't understand why like who are you dropping so if you drop Wokes, as we, we spoke about before you can't drop Wokes because the bag's so weak that he has to play. And Robinson, Robinson. Robinson's decent. He's a good player. I know that's what everyone's saying, though. It has to be Robinson. But, but why would you Robinson? Anderson back he was in. your best bowler in Brisbane if you wanted to bring in Borden yeah. Anderson. The simple fact is, Shaw Broad shouldn't have played. That's all it was. And, he, and you were... Jofra. Jofra Archer is oh, sorely how badly being is missed. That? Yeah. Oh, how bad is that? Series changing. It is. Tails, I do just want to continue on just selection mm. one last minute. Chris Silverwood, the English coach, is the sole selector. I didn't realise mm. that before... He was in so much trouble. The sole selector, and that seems like a um, well, it just seems like a policy from the ECB that's fraught with risk. To be, why would you not have more than one to just help with speculation and pressure? I don't understand that at all. That's a very good point that you raise. Is that I was sitting there thinking, I don't honestly don't not think it matters whether you've got a panel of four, seven, sixteen, or one. There's still going to be you know debates, and the right and wrong decisions end up being made. But what you said there was very interesting that he, to deal with the pressure had, that he's at, like he's trying to coach the team and then he has to go and deal with that pressure. That's a very interesting point to make. Charles, I want to just move on to Australia yeah. uh, on that note. So... I mean, Marnus, Marnus continually looks good. Steve Smith looked like he fought really hard. Warner was more unlucky not to get 100 in mm. this innings than he was in Brisbane, but still didn't get either. Um, how do you think the batting is going? And obviously the only question mark there is Marcus Harris. Marcus Harris, after you know struggling, I've just heard some comments during the week with no obvious replacement for Marcus mm. Harris right now. You've got Kwaja, who's 35. Yeah. Um, who's not? He's not an opener. No. He can open and has. You've got Renshaw, who's... Not playing as an opener now anyway. And then what do people keep asking to bring him back? He doesn't play as an opener anymore. Get it through your head. He hasn't done it for about three years. What I was listening to in the way, you know, I didn't think about this myself, but it makes a good point is why not? What do you have to leave to leave Harris there for all five tests? If there's no one else, you let him get settled in. You say, look, we're invested. We know you're good. We're going to put some time into you. Unless it's losing all his confidence. So he never plays cricket again. What's, what's the problem with just leaving him there? You know, winning the problem team. with leaving there is you're wasting three tests for your next opener to come in. And the problem in it leaving there is you keep putting everybody else under pressure. You keep, it's all well and good for Marnus to be the best in the world at the moment. And apparently he is, and, or second best, and he's amazing and all that sort of stuff. But the added pressure of continually him having to come in in dangerous situations can't help him. It keeps putting everybody else under pressure. Mm. It keeps the speculation on the poor kid because we're winning so easily. There's nothing else for us to complain about. And it will destroy him to keep him there. And he won't continue playing cricket if he gets destroyed. So I, I think you're missing out on the chance to pick your next opener. And I would go and do that. I get that the next cap off the rank is Kawaja. 
and that people want him in. And I don't think he's going to be a great job, but I, I would rather them go and pick someone, whether it's whoever it is that you think is your opener in five years' time. If it's Henry Hunt, just go and pick Henry Hunt. Like, well, I don't care. But then the same thing, if, you, if he plays three tests and get nothing, have you destroyed him too? But so. that doesn't matter. He's 20 years old. Yeah. The difference well, with continually playing Harris is that he's just so old. Yeah, oh, look, I think it'll be, and it depends on how he is actually batting in the nets, um, to be completely honest, and, and, and what the damage is going to be. I don't think he does. But it, it's, it. a, it's an interesting point, interesting point of view, Tails. Uh, now, Tails, do we have anything else on, on Adelaide that you wanted to, to touch on? I feel like it was sort of a lot of general points, but that's England's cricket at the moment. We can't really go into too much detail because it's just woeful. It is just pretty woeful. Uh, what did you make of Nizo? There's been obviously a lot of stuff about him being unlucky and all this sort of stuff. I'll be honest, he kind of looked like a shield bowler. Like, you, you know those tests where, yeah. like, Sayers and Copeland was very unlucky to play in in, uh, in Sri Lanka, but like, those guys that take, like, hundreds of shield wickets and we're like, what are they play? Yeah. And then you actually watch him in a test match, you're like, oh, okay, I'll get it. Look, I don't think he, I don't think he, he didn't play his best game, um, but I think he's worth having a round again. Mm. Um if, if another chance came by, just because he does have the sheer number and it was his first game. And I also think we got lucky from both him and Richardson back in the team from that sort of, you know, you get those couple of, we got energy yeah, off, the, off the off the young, true. of the debutants. So, I mean, that was just a, that was that was a benefit of the, of the youth coming to the team. So, look, I don't think it was his best game, but, you know, Richardson got five and you can't share them all around as well. And, and we did actually end up having a few, fair few bowls, especially with Green mm. in that first. Mm. He didn't bowl much in the second. So. And, and Gaz, Gaz did bowl so many as well, so it did take a little bit of overs off. So I thought Ezra was fine. Um, yeah, and- fair enough. Isn't isn't Cam Green? It's amazing. He spent the he must have spent the winter bowling, hasn't he? Yeah. Like there's no way he's like, nah, I've got the batting thing done. He's not the best since uh, since Ponting anymore. Now he's just a genuine all rounder or something. Well, okay, we'll forgot that pretty quickly, haven't we? Last thing, Tales of Adelaide Test. Felt sorry for two English players. Uh, Ooh, really? First, first one, yeah, did a little bit. Was Joe Root just getting hit in the dick? Oh mate, uh, like yeah. that's just the series the, for the him. The cowboy run, yeah, Gee, that yeah, was so cool. that got some laughs in Channel Seven, you know, mates. I don't think it was laughs. It was more just like, oh look, that he must be so sore. And uh, second was Josh Butler. Jeez, he's had a mixed bag of a game. Some great yeah. catches, some horror drops, great effort in the second dig. Got dropped first, you know, on a duck, and then got a great, yeah. great effort, and then trodden his stumps. It's just like, oh. You poor, poor bastard. And everyone's saying how nice a bloke he is. So, look, uh, interesting there. Absolutely, it is, man. It's just before we leave the wrap-up of this test, I do just want to ask you about your man, Burns. Uh, Ricky Ponding during the week said he, sh- he should be dropped. Are you on board with that or not? Well, I don't... I Just actually, touching on English batting, that's what I forgot to talk to you about. There's no one to fucking come in for him. I don't think it's going to be solved <laughs> by dropping them. They don't have anyone waiting there that's any good. Besto has batted in the past, but his his record in test matches recently, two years, is horrific. There's no one there that you can really drop as an opener. I don't think Sealy's record's any good either. So I would I would persist with the same eleven for the third test, and then maybe reassess. If, if you're so you're two nil down already, not the same eleven. Is, sorry, the same batsman. Is there any value in picking like Besto and just saying, right, mate, you're coming in to bat like a one day? You're essentially coming into tee off and actually put some pressure on the Australians. And look, he might come off two times out of six, but that might even be enough. If he can just come in and put some, some of the, particularly if we've got an inexperienced attack, put him under pressure. 
it might just be worth a shout. You're 2 nil down. You're not going to win this by picking Burns and Hamid again. Yeah, I think I think Hamid's done enough. I think he looks like, you mm. know, on a dead MCG jack, he, uh, he could look at... It's going to be hard to get out, isn't go, it? Go, all right. But I reckon your biggest... Your one's in the most trouble, and the only ones that are in each chance of getting dropped is probably Hamid Burns and Ollie Pope um, mm. there because everyone else has shown shown enough. So, um, mm. But I reckon they'll, they'll wait another test before doing that. Oh, um, good. Wait till the series is over. Good idea. It's already over, mate. It's already yeah, over. Right. Charles, that was a uh, Australia up 2 0. That was a grind in Adelaide. And if you thought the MCG was going to be any better, it's probably going to be Ooh. a worse grind. <laughs> but we're going to preview all that, uh, all that in our Boxing Day test preview special, which will be out pre Boxing Day. So we can ask all the big questions, talk about some of the selection speculation, and, and see what England needs to do to really get back into this game. I won't say Merry Christmas, Charles, because we will speak before then. Thank you, Andy.